Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Rubber Kick Squires. Yes, a very good morning to you this Sunday morning. Welcome to The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show here on Triple M. My name's Alana Smith. I'm from Fox Sports, sitting in for Tony Squires today, who evidently doesn't like losing, uh, nor do the All Blacks, of course. Uh, a 22-0 defeat overnight against the Wallabies at Eden Park, uh, wrapping up the Bledisloe Cup in the process. And as always, we're joined by former Wallabies, Tim Horan and Matthew Burke. Uh, Berkey, firstly, good morning to you. Hello, Alana. How are you doing? i just got to ask you quickly. This has come from Tony because he's very protective of his job. <laughs> he, it's a mini interview here, a job interview. He wants to know three reasons why you should be sitting in that chair. Gee, you put me on the spot. Straight up. Three reasons. All right. Uh, well, well, one, uh, one, um, one Alana's better looking than Tony. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. Thank you, Tim. Good morning to you. Uh, I guess I, I basically learnt to walk at uh, Eastern Suburbs Rugby Club down Rugby at Lara, so you know, I grew up with the grassroots and, and club rugby, and I've always loved it. Uh, I find myself consistently defending the code in uh, a newsroom dominated by NRL and AFL fans. So I guess that gives me uh, an in there. And oh, gee, number three. Uh, well, I drank out of the Super Rugby Cup last year. Oh, James Hall will pour it down my throat, so that's got to get me some <laughs> points, doesn't it? That's better than Tony. You can come up <laughs> next week as well. Absolutely. Thanks, Becky. Jimmy, uh, you haven't had a lot of sleep, but you are over there in Auckland at Eden Park. Uh, how are you feeling after the, the loss? Yeah, it's pretty disappointing, obviously, but uh, I jumped on an early plane. I wanted to get out of New Zealand very quickly, so I jumped on a 6 a.m. plane and headed straight back to uh, join the show. So it was an interesting atmosphere. The All Blacks, they didn't. They were obviously excited to win the, the Bledisloe Cup, but it seems monotonous for them now because it's the 11th time in a row that they've won it. And when they first did, Berkey, you would have seen, when they first did the Harker and they did the Copa Opunga where the throat-slitting Harker, you thought, gee, this is game on. And um, if anyone's just woken up and haven't heard the Springboks obviously drew with Argentina um, overnight and that means the Wallabies currently sit fourth on the Super Rugby on sorry on the Rugby Championship table at the moment so with no wins it's not good Helmy not good at all and then the, the, I mean that that first half we'll get into a bit later on that first half from Argentina was outstanding a 13-3 up at half time South Africa missed goals and the rest of it but it just makes it hard. I mean, you can see how hard it is when you go over to Mendoza. <laughs> Very good pronunciation there. <laughs> We're trying to work out, is it Mendoza, or as we would say it, or is it Mendoza, Timmy? You've been it's there, just, haven't you? It's, it's Mendoza. There we go. Just is, the Australian yeah. version. Very good. Yeah, that's it. I guess uh, the flip side of that uh, draw between South Africa and Argentina means I think that the Wallabies do hold on, on to the uh, number two test ranking. But... Maddie, as you said, uh, we will get you to to uh, break down the game a lot further in detail uh, when we come back a little later. Tell us where it all went wrong for the Wallabies once again at Eden Park. This is The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck. Welcome back to The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Alana Smith here sitting in for Tony Squires in the host chair trying to cheer up a few grumpy ex-Wallabies, Matthew Burke and <laughs> Timmy Horan after last night's defeat to the All Blacks. The Wallabies going down 22 points to nil at Eden Park and it marked 50 years since the Wallabies had been held scoreless in a Bledisloe Cup clash. That doesn't make good reading, Matthew Burke. Was it as bad as it sounds? Not at all. Did you know, Tony's actually enjoying himself at the moment. He's sunning himself in Bali. So <laughs> he's probably the only one smiling as we wake up this morning to a 22-0 uh, deficit. Uh, a tough game, 9 all at half time, but it was a physical 9 all at half time. And, and when we spoke, when we came into work this morning, 
um, our producer was just saying, what, one try only? Uh, and that's how the how good the game was in the first half, mm. definitely. Uh, in the second half, uh, you know, they got that early try to Israel Dag, and then it became a case of, of in, a, in a way, chasing it at, at the same time. So perhaps we kicked the ball too much, the Wallabies. So, I mean, they were trying their hardest. They're just up against a team, Helmy, that are just pretty slick at the moment. Their, their skill level is right up there, and their execution is spot on. Yeah, I think the uh, the world champions really showed last night how good they are. They um, they obviously went up a couple of gears compared to last week in Sydney, and the Wallabies did as well. I thought the Wallabies played some okay rugby in certain parts of the game. Um, I thought they played better than what what the Wallabies did last week uh, in Sydney as well. But yep. uh, I think Siddeleki Tamani had a lot of starts. Michael Hooper, um, you know, obviously coming on for the injured um, David Pocock. I thought, thought the game got away on the Wallabies towards the end of the first half. The first twenty minutes, the Wallabies looked solid. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about the return of Quade Cooper and coming back in and setting a bit more of a platform and a, and a standard in the back line and getting some width in the game. That happened early, but then he was just a little bit slow off the pace on a one kick and one pass, and Sonny Bill Williams uh, knocked him over behind the game line, and all of a sudden the game turned. How, how, did, how did you rate his, his game at the end of it, Timmy? Is he up to standard? I mean, it, is this going to hold him in good stead when they go play South Africa in a, in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, I thought he was quite good, Quade Cooper. He was uh, well, well below his best, of course, but uh, but most of the Wallabies were because of the pressure they had from the All Blacks. But yeah, I think Quade, he added a lot more um, structure to the Wallaby game plan. Um, Digby Iwani knows exactly where to run when Quade Cooper's playing, and, and likewise Adam Ashley Cooper. But um, losing Drew Mitchell was a real shame. Uh, but I don't think anyone, Berkey, who would have coached that side, and we'll talk a bit more about Robbie Deans later in the show, um, there's a lot of pressure coming towards Robbie Deans now but I don't think any other coach in the world any other team would have beaten the All Blacks in the frame mm. mind in the, the minor that they were in on Saturday night because they were just a, a frame, <laughs> frame of mind still, I think you're trying to get yeah. it's been a long flight it has yeah they, uh, <laughs> they certainly were very classy across the park the All Blacks and it was particularly uh, evident in their fullback Israel Dag. he scored back to back tries uh, let's take a listen to the only try of the game and looking to link up with Sonny Bill Williams instead he gives it to Israel Dag. Dag trying to get on the outside easy Israel Dag scores the first try and aren't they delighted that was last week's try. We just wanted to relive the, the moment <laughs> of there. Um, Clarky basically called it short ball off uh, Aaron Smith, I think it was. Timmy and went straight yep. over for the, for the try. Uh, it's interesting how it, it's that they back up. They make sure that they're on the money each time. And Israel Dagg, as you mentioned, Alana, was, again, special last night. When, when, you, when you kick the ball too much, it just promotes them running it back. And, and that's, what that's what they're so good at. So give them too many opportunities, Helmy, and then all of a sudden... You're under the pump trying to make the tackles every time. Yeah, I think, Berkey, it's okay to kick the ball, but it's the aimless kicking that was really concerning last night. And uh, the All Blacks were, were dynamic, and they just are winning the collision zone and the contact zone. And um, when you've got players like Israel Dag, Jose Gear, Kieran Reid was outstanding, as was Liam Messon. They're a really strong outfit, the All Blacks. And when they, they seem to get... It looks like they're offside, but when they go in threes and fours, you can't really tell, whereas yep. the Wallabies uh, will go and go out one-off runners, and that's when they get caught out. All right, Timmy, we have got uh, Dags try from last night now, so let's have a listen. Wallabies under all sorts of pressure. Mia Lamu, but a white line fever. Can't make it. Here we go, charging on to a try. Israel Dag got a try last week and a man-of-the-match performance, and so they have started the second half... Amazingly well. 
Yeah, he certainly is a very classy uh, number 15, Israel Dag. Now, Matty, uh, of course, it's only Bill Williams' last game in, in the all-black jumper for, well, who knows, it could be his last ever. We're not quite sure, but uh, he was a lot more involved. His offloads were pretty potent. The, last night, they used him more than last week in Sydney. In Sydney, he was the decoy. Last night, he was the, the battering ram. And you're right, you know, the, the ability to to pass the ball before contact, after contact was, was you know, again, a, a highlight of his game last night. Tim, I think what highlighted uh, to me was how big he was when he stood next to you, mate. You were, you were a good player, but my goodness, a generation out. Gee, I was standing on my tippy toes with Aaron Williams' boots on as well. So he was, we interviewed him after the game, as some people may have seen. But it was interesting, uh, Alana and Berkey, that um, when we were talking to him, and just when we um, shook his hand when he walked off, I said, mate, good luck in Japan. He said, yeah, I can't wait to be back in the all-black jersey quickly. So um, I, I think he's probably regretting having the handshake agreement with whoever the, uh, the, the rugby league side is yeah. to play because... He said that uh, he's really keen to come back. It's such a good culture within this All Black team and the Chiefs team as well because he's won World Cup last year, Super Rugby title, and then obviously the Bledisloe Cup as well. So uh, he'd love to be around to potentially win the Rugby Championship as well. Yes, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what does happen with Sonny Bill Williams and how quickly he does uh, return, if that is to be the case. All right, stay with us here uh, on The Rack. Next up, we're going to continue our countdown of the top 10 Wallaby moments of all time. And today's guest is Wallabies Royalty. This is The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Ruck. Welcome back to The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show, here with Matthew Burke, Tim Horan, and I'm Alana Smith. Now, the last few weeks here on The Ruck, we've been counting down the top 10 Aussie rugby moments of all time, and it's now time for the next unforgettable moment. The Ruck. Here it comes for Australia. The top 10 moments. The green and gold of Australia. In Aussie rugby. 10. Okay, at number 10, we had Totai Kefu's try back in 2001. Matthew Burke got a run at number nine, his try against the All Blacks. We also celebrated David Campisi at number eight. And number seven, today's feature is the 1984 Grand Slam. Here's a little bit to jog your memory. Australia have it. Mark Eller, Gould, overlap for Campisi. Mark Eller, he's done it. A try in every test match. The first time in history. Mark Eller, the toast of Australia. Campisi, can he get there? Beatty chasing, they won't catch him. Another Australian try, a record score against Scotland. There's the grand slam for Australia. It's Australia's record-winning margin over Scotland too. Australia has done it. You beauty. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, of course, uh, very famous names involved in that tour. And the man that led us to glory in 1984, Alan Jones, who joins us uh, on the line. Welcome to the Ruck, uh, Alan. Very good morning to you. What are your memories uh, thinking back now to uh, 1984? Oh, well, it's a long time ago for a start, but um, oh, look, it was a very rewarding experience. Obviously, we were it was a pioneering event I mean it was very tough it was a long long tour and when you go to Britain on these sorts of tours which they don't do these days they cart you from one end of the country to the other mm. and so we were sort of crisscrossing all over the country it was very difficult but uh, you know to keep everyone together but basically uh, you know we only had one injury in all of that so I only had to make one change the test I, I made a change in the um, Irish team in the back row simply because Ireland always play the ball on the ground a lot so I chose Chris Roach there and I brought David Cody back to, for some tight at the line out against Wales and, and Brendan Moon broke a, an arm in the test against England. Apart from that, 
we had a very stable uh, outfit, but we spent a lot of time developing the kind of skills that would be required to play that kind of rugby and using the whole paddock and playing the width of the game. And it paid off, and it was very generously received by the British press. Alan, Matt here. Um, I'm wondering, with the expectations of that tour, you went over there. I mean, these guys were you know, some of the legends of, of European sport. Was the expectation there that you could win all four games? Oh, no. Matthew, you're far too young. Uh, not at all. <laughs> Um, not at all. In fact, um, I, I most probably only got the job to coach Australia because Australian rugby was in a mess. We yeah. just come back from France and um, hadn't even won midweek matches. The Wallabies hadn't won midweek matches. So there was no expectation, whatever. In fact, I don't think anyone knew we were there. And that was the reason why I agreed that if media were going to speak to me, I'd be available at any time. So the media, to that extent, built up a level of interest. So by the time we got to Scotland, of course, the whole of Australia were interested. But, uh, at embarkation over there, as I said, I don't even think that they knew anything about a Grand Slam or a Wallaby Tour, but we built that momentum through, I guess, the success we had and the way we played, and it was the way we played, I think, with the ball in hand that, and playing the width of the paddock that captured the imagination of people there, and I think that filtered through to Australia. Uh, Alan, Tim here, and I remember I was 14 years old, and uh, I remember watching the Grand Slam, and it really probably invigorated me to, to play the game uh, of, of rugby, but, but maybe move our thoughts to last night's um, performance from the Wallabies. What, what were your thoughts with the Wallabies' performance? And you'd probably, you'd probably have to agree that the, the All Blacks were outstanding last night. It would have been difficult for any coach. I know that Robbie Deans is under a bit more pressure now for any coach or any team to actually beat the All Blacks last night. Well, now, look, I don't want to do a gay Waterhouse here. I saw her interviewed after a race uh, yesterday at Randwick, and someone said, well, the horse will be a lot better with blinkers, and Gay said, no, it won't. Um, I, didn't think the All, I, I didn't think the All Blacks were anywhere near last night as good as they could have been. I thought they made a lot, took a lot of wrong options. They played the short side when they could have gone open, especially when Guinea was off the paddock, and they made a lot of mistakes and surrendered balls. So I'm, I'm not one who subscribes to the fact that that was outstanding. But look, Australia and rugby uh, have really got a problem on their hands. I don't think, uh, to be honest with you, Matt, uh, to be honest, I don't think he's a good provincial coach but they're playing the wrong game. I mean, if you ask the average bloke who the 5'8 for inside centre of Australia is, they'll say Nathan Sharp. <laughs> now, you, you know, the, you know the, bats, the bats may as well stay at home. They can't get the ball. Now, you've got to organise the team in such a way uh, that the attacking structure can be unleashed. The, the only way you can beat the All Blacks is to attack. And that's the one thing, to force them to defend. Now, we spent all night defending. The boys would have felt that there were 10 of them and 15 of the others. Now, you know, and that, the measure of that is indicated when Kirkley Bill plays one bad game and he doesn't get picked. Now, that's like saying, well, we'll drop Bradman because he made a duck. I mean, Beal and Cooper are the two attacking instruments there. They had no opportunity to attack last night whatsoever. Every time we won a ball, it was fed to forwards. And they barge over. And this is an Eddie Jones legacy, this pick-and-drive stuff, and it's destroyed Australian rugby. So what about... And, you know, people like you and Matthew Burke playing today would never get the ball, no matter how good you are. So it doesn't matter about the skill level then, Alan. I mean, you talk about the coaching and the, and the success. Do we do we stay with the, the current coach and, and obviously well, looking forward to... Can't, you can't stay with this structure. The, the boys have to be coached to play the game differently. It's quite clear that the way they're playing the game against the very best teams can't work. I mean, we couldn't score... We could have been there till midnight last night we wouldn't have scored a try. <laughs> and, and, you know, my concern is we have outstanding players and outstanding attacking players and I actually thought that the forwards didn't do too badly given the circumstances 
circumstances, mm. given the volume of work you're asking the forward pack to do, I mean, I thought they did pretty well because they get no relief. Every time they get a ball, they're there. Every time they get the ball, they've got to defend. Yeah. So it's a complete rethink of the way the game is being played here, but it doesn't appear to me as though anyone's prepared to undertake that kind of rethinking process. Alan, it sounds like you might be ready for a comeback. No, it's not a question of that. I think it's a question of reassessing accurately. It's a bit like the Olympic Games. You know, you can have any number of uh, parades, athlete parades, but at the end of the day, there were athletes in the Olympic side who never performed anywhere near their personal best, and that has to be assessed. And here is an outstanding team with remarkable talent, and if you talk to the players, but of course they can't talk, they'd tell you that they are unhappy. I mean, you saw the interviews after the game. Stephen Moore, the pain on his face, he said, we're not in it. Will Genia said, we, just, we can't play that sort of game. The boys are frustrated at the way they're being asked to play, and it's total defence orientation. Then when you get the ball, for God's sake, you kick it away. Now, the ball's are bank. Now, you then turn the channels last night, and you have a look at rugby league countering uh, from their own goal line, yeah. and they'll play with the hands and move the football and play the width. Well, I mean, no one could tell you who the Australian wingers were last night. They didn't get the ball. Alan, <laughs> you know, you've... So, uh... You've summed up things brilliantly for us. Unfortunately, we are, are out of time, but wonderful uh, getting your insight. Thanks very much My for joining pleasure. us here on The Rock. Thank you, Alana. Thanks, Alan. My Thanks, Alan. Bye. Bye. Oh, it's great talking to uh, Next up, we'll go around the world to check in with all the overnight sports action. This is The Rock, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Rock. Welcome back to The Rock, your Sunday rugby show with former Wallabies, Matthew Burke and Tim Horan, and I'm Alana Smith. Now, just recapping those results, if you've just tuned in from the Rugby Championship, the All Blacks defeating the Wallabies 22 points to nil at Eden Park, and South Africa drawing 16 all with Argentina in Argentina. So an interesting uh, result there. Now, you didn't of... want to say that then, did you? You want to say Mendoza, did you? <laughs> Mendoza. <laughs> I'll leave it to you. I, I think it's uh, still debatable, the pronunciation there. But uh, all right, plenty of uh, other sport going around the world too. We'll uh, give you a quick update. Firstly, in the cricket, uh, Australia has beaten Afghanistan by 66 runs in the one day. Uh, oh, thank God for that. Gee, that was... <laughs> It'd be it pretty them, disappointing it if we hadn't. Four, it took them 43 overs to get them out. They, Australia got 272, uh, Afghanistan 206, but they batted for 43 overs. So does what? that mean Afghanistan now moved from 78th in the world to about 60th? Or yeah, exactly. got close? Or... <laughs> Big jump. That'll do. All right, a few NRL results for you as well. The Panthers got up over the Gold Coast, 36 points to 22. The Dragons had it all over the Warriors, 38 points to 6. And the Cowboys defeated the Knights, 22 points to 14. In the AFL, it was a cracker at the SCG yesterday. The Hawks down the Swans by 7 points tight throughout the match. The Gold Coast upset Carlton by 12. And West Coast smashed Collingwood by 49 points. And uh, in the English Premier League, a few overnight results. Manchester United recorded their first win of the season. They beat Fulham 3-2. And uh, Robin Van Persie, the big signing, he scored his first goal in his uh, first run-on match for imagine, the Red Devils. Imagine what his bonus would have been for that one there. Get the first one. <laughs> Thanks Ferrari. for coming. Ching, ching. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, and, of course, uh, also out of that game, Wayne Rooney, he went off injured late in the second half. He was stretched off with blood streaming from a gash in his thigh. So not good news uh, there. Now, the of course, uh, they're the results, but the huge story in sport this week was the billion-dollar pay deal for rugby league. Fox Sports and Channel 9 uh, combining to provide $1.025 billion for coverage of the game for the next five years. Uh, Berkey, what do you think the ramifications for rugby players might be out of this deal? I think it's just going to be targets everywhere now, Alana. It's going to be a, a case now where they're, they're tightening up, and we've seen one in the paper about um, 
uh, about salary caps in here in, in Australia, how it's getting a bit tighter and all the the the, the ground, uh, hiring of the ground for players and the rest of it to offset the money and the rest of it. Uh, I think they're going to be targeting, just going to be throwing money out left, right and centre. And, and if guys uh, like last night perhaps aren't happy with the way as Alan Jones mentioned, the way the uh, Wallabies are playing. Mm. Perhaps they go across to a, a different code. It'd be sad, but I reckon there's going to be people out there now throwing out cash left, right and centre. Tim, what are you hearing? Well, I'm hearing that there'll be more money to the, the grassroots of the game in rugby league, and which is a good thing. And also, there's a lot more sort of marketing dollars for the clubs themselves to provide you know, more marketing contra through Channel 9 and, and Fox Sports. So uh, I don't think there'll be a, you know, a heap more money to be thrown around at the players, and that salary cap is maybe lifted a little bit. But I suppose it's the top-end players that are the ones that probably miss out. The mid-tier players for rugby league always seem to be around the average 235000 240000 per year. But it's the, it's the top-tier players who are probably restrained by the salary cap that you know may be looking for a bit more. Yeah, it could be interesting to see with Quade Cooper yet to uh, re-sign with the Australian Rugby Union what that could potentially uh, mean for him. Well, absolutely. And, and I mean, Timmy, you're a Queensland boy through and through. Are you hearing anything about him? I mean, his eight-second uh, press conference the other day didn't really give us much about, you know, where he is. Or I suppose he told you he was fit anyhow. Um, where, where is he at the moment, Timmy, with, with everything in regards to that, do you think? Well, he's obviously uh, agreed with the Queensland Reds for a few years, so um, but for three years. But obviously, he still has to agree with the Australian Rugby Union. So, whilst you can agree with the Queensland Reds, you still have to then sign off with the Australian Rugby Union. He hasn't done that yet. I don't think he's too far off that. I don't think um, I saw John O'Neill, head of the Australian Rugby Union, in, in Auckland yesterday, and you know he doesn't seem to be too worried about it. But you'd pretty you'd like to get a signature probably in the next couple of weeks now that the two Bledisloe Cup games are finished. All right, well, you are with The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. After the break, we're going to go inside the Wallabies camp. This is The Ruck. Welcome back to The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Alana Smith here, joined by Matthew Burke and Tim Horan. Now, time now to go inside the Wallabies camp uh, after their 22-0 loss to the All Blacks at Eden Park last night. And uh, youngster Liam Gill joins us on the line. Uh, Liam... Congratulations, firstly, on making your debut. Obviously not the circumstances you would have liked it to happen in. Uh, you came on in the 55th minute, so a difficult time for you to come on. Uh, w- what are your emotions, I guess, following that match? Oh, it was, it was great. I mean, it, it's, a hard, it's a hard circumstance to, uh, to kind of pull a high out of it, but it certainly was. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's a huge honour to, to be able to play for your country, and I guess it was very much a deep-end game. And, I mean, with the hoodoo and with the all Bash being the best team in the world. It was certainly tough, but I, I loved every minute out there. It was great. Uh, Liam, Tim, Liam, Tim here. What was the feeling before the game? It looked like the vibe of the Wallaby team in the warm-up. They look, you, look, you look like you're ready to play the match. And uh, But that first 10 or 15 minutes, you could see there was a spark there. But uh, what did Robbie Dean say at half-time when you were down 9-0? Uh, we, we knew we were certainly in it. I mean, it, it, there was only... Uh, kind of a matter of a try and we're right in the game and I think that's the, the feeling throughout the game until it slowly I mean pulled away pulled away from us I guess so, I mean the way that they play the game and, and made us chase the scoreboard was, was brilliantly played I guess and it certainly made it tough for us but no it was we always had hope and um, I mean we played with a lot of lot of pride I think mean, tonight but uh, I think unfortunately they obviously were the better team what about um, you've captained the Australian Under-20s team uh, just recently uh, at the Under-20s World Cup and you've played a lot with the Queensland Reds over the last couple of years. Was it one of the quickest and hardest games you've been involved in? 
It certainly was. I mean, the intensity and the physicality of it was was a whole new standard. I mean, to, to come out there and, and to really feel the, the brunt of the game was was certainly something that was an eye-opener, I guess, and it was great. I mean, I, like I said, I, I loved every minute of it, and hopefully I'm lucky enough to get some more time to, uh, to hopefully adapt and to understand really a, the game at test level. Uh, Liam, Matt Perk, when you, when you go home and get the photo when you ran, it's actually 55 minutes and 27 seconds. You, you have to remember that because that's, that's something special that, uh, that you've done. Congratulations on that. But moving on now, uh, you guys will uh, come back to Australia. You look at South Africa in a couple of weeks' time over in Perth. Is that obviously the biggest thing now, just to get yourselves ready physically and also mentally? Certainly. I think... I think- that spark in the team certainly hasn't been lost. I mean, we've understood that the first two weeks of the tournament are, are a big loss to us, and then to have the blood slope slip out of our hands is kind of a, a spark to us in a way. And I think now we've really got to establish ourselves as the second best team in the world. And I mean, to do that, we have to put a huge emphasis on both South Africa and Argentina. And I think that's really where I had that. And that's really what we're going to try and do over the next two weeks. What about the RG? Did you see the result uh, overnight? 16 all South Africa, uh, Argentina. It's a big call from Argentina, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, they, they played great footy. I mean, it only proves that they're going to be a, a tough feat over in, over in their own paddock. So I think we're going to really have to be up for that. Lucky that's, uh, that's about a month away for us. So hopefully they're a bit run down by that time. <laughs> yeah, Liam, uh, already a long season, particularly with your under-20s duties and plenty more to come. You've got the week off. Any plans? No, it's, it'll be a very low week. Hopefully I get a bit of fishing in. But apart from that, she'll, uh, she'll be very, very low-key. Bit All of fishing right. in. Where, where, where's your uh, favourite spot? Well, you have to tell our listeners where the favourite spot is. Not in the Brisbane River, I hope. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you. No, well outside the Brisbane River, we um, I fish. I try and fish with a few few of the boys out of out off the top of Morton or out off Malulva. So that that'll be with Greg Holmes. That'll be with Greg Holmes for sure, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Holmes and Chatsy are my uh, my fishing partners. Timmy, are you angling for a uh, an invitation here? <laughs> oh, must no, I only go up north for barrow money. We don't go and catch small small brim off, off Morton Island. <laughs> uh, well, fishing is not my go, but Liam, it sounds like you're going to have a very nice, uh, relaxing week. Thanks very much for joining us on the Ruck, and congratulations on your test debut. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we've got plenty still to come here on the Ruck. Next up, Tim's going to tell us why he hates airports or perhaps finds them uh, slightly entertaining. This is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is the Ruck. Welcome back to the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Alana Smith here filling in for Tony Squires, joined by Matthew Burke and Tim Horan and Kiwis everywhere will be gloating, of course, after they wrapped up the Bledisloe Cup again last night at Eden Parker. Timmy, it's going to be tough, but plenty of Aussies who know Kiwis. Oh, I think after every Bledisloe Cup, you always get a ribbing from the Kiwis, especially over the last oh, 10 or 11 years since they've been holding this Bledisloe Cup. And it's funny, but it's always when I used to play after, on a Monday after a Bledisloe Cup game, you, you would always, if you went, won the game, you'd always go to the service station or the butcher shop where you knew the local Kiwi was working and you'd go and give them a ribbing or try and take their $10 note off them. But uh, I think it was more, I actually went... It's funny, but when you go through airports, and I go through airports two or three times a week now and travelling, and when I was going over on Friday to New Zealand, I was quite excited, but I was a bit late for the flight, and I'm sort of arriving at the National Airport in Brisbane, and um, then you've got to check your, your, your sort of hand luggage through, you go through the conveyor belt, and then there's the bomb swipe man, and he's there, and they're always waiting for someone to come off the little area there, but... You always try and find a way to actually avoid him, and whether that's whether that's te- what, been, was your, what was your technique? Well, you're pretending to you've lost a phone. You do the Aussie harker, you know, you're sort of hitting yourself and go, "Oh, I left my phone," or or you unpack your bag and you repack it just until they get someone else that they can swipe. And I went through 
And they, the guy just got a lady um, and started to sort of swipe. And I, there's my chance. Off I went. I sort of, on the front foot, I took off the first two metres. And then he, he was a big Kiwi-looking lad, sort of could have played front row for the Wallabies. But uh, he sort of looked at me, raised his eyebrows and said, hey, hey, Timmy, bro, just wait there. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> and I looked back at him and I said, you've already got someone. He said, oh, wait there. I just want to talk some rugby and swipe you. So, <laughs> so for the next five minutes, I'm trying to get through customs and all he wanted to talk about was the All Blacks. So uh, they are everywhere, but they're, uh, they're good-hearted people and uh, it's a wonderful performance for them to win the Bledisloe Cup again for the 11th time. No wonder you got the nickname Sneak. You're always trying to just like do something on the sly and get around, aren't you? Like, just, <laughs> just stand up and deliver. Oh, they are everywhere. The Kiwis. We love <laughs> the great. The great thing about Kiwis, that you know, we love a, we love a contest. We love that All Black battle, and we all love living in Australia. I reckon that guy was probably uh, <laughs> probably following you on Twitter. Maybe he was on to you. He could have been. He could have been too. I don't think they've. Uh, I don't think anyone have they, have they got Twitter in New Zealand. Yeah, I was going to say that'll come out soon. Yeah. <laughs> all right, good story there. Uh, yeah, we're going to be copying it all week until we uh, get a win and can move on. You're with the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. This is the Ruck. You're with the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show, and unfortunately, we are just about out of time. It's gone very quickly, but uh, a big thank you to Alan Jones for joining us, and also to debutant Liam Gill. Uh, a week off for, for all the super mm. uh, all the rugby championship teams now hopefully the uh, the Wallabies can put it to good use South Africa uh, in a couple of weeks time in Perth which is a uh, a tough place to play anyhow um, Timmy we didn't have a great deal of success over there when we played but they need something special don't they to finish off with well, it's sort of like a home game for the Springboks. There's that many uh, Springbok supporters there <laughs> as well. They're not in, in Australia too. <laughs> they do. So, uh, no, it'll be good. To, uh, I think the Wallabies need a, need a couple of weeks off. They, uh, I was talking to Nathan Sharp early this morning coming back on the plane, and he, he's uh, very, very disappointed. But they've got a chance to get back on the horse, and they have to. And uh, we're looking forward to actually, you Guys, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to sitting back tonight, uh, having a sleep this afternoon after my early flight back, and watching the second round of How's That on Channel 9 about uh, Kerry Packer and let him uh, throw some F-bombs out there again. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty good, wasn't he? How good is he? It was fantastic. Uh, great series indeed. Now, if you missed anything today or you want to relive Tim's bomb swipe story or anything else, uh, make sure you catch the podcast at iTunes. This is The Ruck. Thanks very much for your company.